We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Peretz, joined as always by Dusty Evely. No Sarah Kelleher, guys. I'm not gonna lie; it's a little rough right now. Uh, this the the Pack a Day Wednesday team is a little bit like the Green Bay Packers. We are. Fully on the IR. Sarah, mm-hmm. Sarah's out sick. I don't feel well. Clearly, you can hear that through my voice. But I'm powering through. Um, you know, much like a couple of the players, and you know, I, you know, I just can't be taken off the field. That's pretty much the way that I feel, Dusty. But how are you doing? How are you? You know, you see how I did that? I, I compared did. myself to a to an NFL player. I did good for you. Yeah, no, listen, and Sarah, Sarah's in, Sarah's in the blue tent and has just decided to get carted off. So right now, I'm not gonna lie to you. Right now, I feel like Aaron Jones. Uh, you and Sarah as the offensive line, Underutilized. You're, you're breaking down in front of me and I'm just making something happen, man. Listen, I'm, I'm finding the gaps where I can. It's all mush in front of me and I'm doing my best to make this a positive. That's how I feel right now, Steve. Okay. All right. If you, if you start making me laugh a lot, then I'm going to start coughing. So we got to be careful. It's fair. I'll edit it out. We're good. I won't let the people know that you're dying and down your last leg. Uh, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about Denver. Not the greatest output in the world for Green Bay Packers. And uh, I know we're all on Twitter. And, I mean, Green Bay fans handled this game well. If that's, <laughs> sure. if that's what we know about Packers fans is they handle a loss well. But uh, people were really – they were like, they're big mad. They're super mad. Fire everybody. Goody, LaFleur, uh Joe Barry, like it is a, you know, there, there's some questions about why Joe Barry still has a job, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they only gave up 19. There were some questionable formations there, you know, but <laughs> there um, sure were one or two, one or two, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, how, how did you feel about the game? Like, what did you see that, you know, <laughs> some of us amateurs that, that, that don't study the film quite like you do. First of all, I'm going to throw another log on the fire here, Steve, um, because one person whose job was not being called for is Rich Bisaccia. And I'm throwing a log on that fire because Stokes, who has been out for like a year with a very complicated injury, got re-injured doing what? On special teams. Bisaccia is out of control. He has way too much control over this team. There's Z- Eric Stokes should not be playing special teams his first game back. He was on a pitch snap, pitch count on the defensive side of the ball. He should not be in special teams. The fact that he got re-injured his first game back, they pushed him into special teams. I'm, I don't know. I just assume this is on Bisaccia. So I'm throwing a log into the Bisaccia also needs to be in the conversation as far as people who should be on the hot seat if we're talking hot seat. Uh, as far as what I thought of the game, yeah, real time, 
real bad. I felt the same thing as everyone else. It was it was one of those. It was like the slow march to dread. Like when the Broncos went down and scored three, and then the Packers did not score again, and the Broncos were still kind of moving the ball a little after that. It was still kind of this. I gotta wait about three three and a half hours for this. But I already kind of have a feeling I know it's gonna end. So it was a slow, dreadful march. And then I rewatched it a couple times. And it wasn't quite as bad offensively as I thought. It's the same problems they've had the whole time. Like they're so close, but I don't think, I don't know if it's going to click for them this year. And if it is, it's going to be late because it is still, I think the game plan was fine. Um, the concepts were good. Uh, they just, any given play, like I don't know how many plays you could point to where every single person was doing what they're supposed to be. At least it seemed like at least every play, at least one person was doing what they weren't supposed to be doing. And it was just, the question was, is this going to tor- tor- torpedo the play or not? And that was it. And even some of them, there's like the third, I was talking about this um, earlier today. There was a third and one. I think there's like the little crack toss with, with Aaron Jones. You look at the blocking up front. There's like three blown blocks to the run side and Aaron Jones just made it work. Uh, just like, again, me with this podcast at the moment, Steve. Uh, but <laughs> that, <laughs> so that's, that's what a weird, weird way to insult me. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I was. It was not as bad. I guess it depends on your way of looking at it. I don't think it was as bad as I necessarily thought in real time. I thought Jordan Love looked way better than I thought he did when I was watching the game. But there's still these cracks that were, were seven weeks in, uh, well, six games in at this point. And that's still the same problems, guys running it. There was, I think, on the same drive, it was like two different – one play where two guys ran into each other downfield, another play where two guys like ran into the same route and then just stopped on a third down and Jordan Love threw it out of bounds because he expected one man to be at the sideline, but he wasn't. They keep going. Both yeah. at the hash. Uh, so that's – it's it's still happening. So it's it's frustrating, uh, but it's also not – it's not as bad as it appears, but also it's real ugly to watch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there was not like to me. There was nothing promising. There was nothing that I was, like you could hang your hat on of like, well, maybe this is improving. Like you're coming out of a bye week. The Packers are coming out of a bye week, and that's what they put up in the first half. Yeah, like that was that was bad against a abysmal defense. Like if Denver was the Denver of like five years ago, and their defense was just killing people, sure, that's fine. This is a historically bad defense. And I get it. They held the Chiefs kind of in check last week. Like, I, I understand maybe they're on the uptick. Sure. I think they are. Just for the record, I do think they are based on they weren't blowing coverages like they were early in the year. Like, it was a right. low bar to clear, but they cleared that. So I do think they're on the uptick. That's certainly part of it. Sure. And it's, that means they're better than the historically bad mark that they Correct. were. Like, they were the second worst defense of all time in the first five weeks. That's how bad they were. And so, yeah, I get it. Um, but to come out that lackadaisical out of a bye week, like, that scares me. As as a Packers fan, that scares me. Like, it feels like maybe there's not the, like, the, the right leadership on this team. Hmm. I don't know where it's coming from of hmm. players, coaches, Front office, I don't know the answer of where that's from. That's for smarter people to answer than me. But that's the feeling that I get of, like, if you can't get up for one game a week, like, if you can't get your guys to be jacked up and ready to go, like, they came out so flat. So flat. And it was very frustrating. So, I'm like, I like seeing the fact that they come out in the second half and there's adjustments. Like I feel like we talked about a lot about Matt LaFleur over the last few years of like he never was really good at in-game adjustments. That he's seems been, different this year. He's been great. He's been very good. That yeah. seems very different this year. And they came out in the second half and they did some really good things. And some better things, not really good things. <laughs> <laughs> better things. When you're when you're at minus zero uh, and, you know, you're at minus two and then all of a sudden you jump into like a four shirt. That's great. But um, I, I will say, like, that's one thing I, I can appreciate. I really feel like I've seen the the adjustments that he's been able to make. But it does make me nervous about the fact that you've had two weeks to prepare for the Broncos and you've got nothing. You have to make in-game adjustments in order to make something happen at the, at the start of the second half. So 
it wasn't great. There wasn't a lot of good stuff. Um, even the, you know, the touchdowns that happened. Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. God, that Reed one was like he was waiting for it. I've not seen a deflection like that where he looked like he expected the ball to be there. It was incredible. <laughs> I scared the crap out of my dog. He's sitting on the couch with me and like it bounced off his hands like, oh, oh. And it's like he like pops up, starts like scanning around like what's going on? What's going on? What happened? What happened? I'm like, yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's a tip drill. That's that's, that's what right. the Packers that's what the Packers season is this year, Dusty. It's a tip drill. <laughs> I'll, take it. I'll take it, man. Listen, that sounds about right. If it goes our way, I'm fine, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, okay. We got a couple news and notes. There's not really a lot of info going around about injuries and stuff, so we're not going to dive into that. But actually, weirdly enough, two retirements came out today. So just kind of want to touch on them. Um, Marvin Jones Jr. and Chase Winovich uh, both retired today. So um, nothing too crazy. We don't need to dive into it or anything, but just found it kind of noteworthy. Um, you know, Chase Winovich, what, like 26 years old? And 26 also or 27, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, you looked up his numbers, and he went to Miami after uh, playing in New England and some in Cleveland, I believe. Cleveland for a year. Three yeah. years in New England, one year in Cleveland. They're and basically a special teamer with Yeah, Miami. just special teams now. Like So, I mean, he kind of makes sense. Um, but what we're going to do, like we always do, Packers offense versus their opponent's defense. So that is the Minnesota Vikings this week. Uh, that's week eight. And so coming off of victory over the 49ers. <sighs> Took it to uh, the Niners, dude. My goodness. I – did not see that coming. Um, my fantasy teams are hurting without Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, <laughs> very nice that he's not playing against the Packers. But, um, Dusty, we'll start with you. What, what's something that you're going to be – one thing you're going to be looking for in this game um, from the Packers' offense versus the Vikings' defense? I mean, part of it is it's the focus on the defense. I pulled some numbers for the Vikings defense. I was listening to earlier today. Um, if you haven't listened to it, uh, it's, it's called the Stats and Scheme Podcast put on by Sumer Sports. It's uh, my friend Sean Syed and Tay Seth go through every week. comes out on Tuesdays, and they go through. Um, Sean is a big film guy, and Tej is a big uh, stats guy. So they go through matchups from the past week, looking forward to matchups of the future week, and look at it from a film and stats lens. They do a tremendous job. Uh, Sean had a quote this past week uh, that just said <laughs> – I, I had to write this down. This was one I was sitting in a parking lot and I was like, okay, I got to take a note of this. Just said, Brian Flores solves his problems with aggression. Uh, Flores this year, basically a junk ball pitcher in Minnesota. I looked up some of these numbers. All right. Plays with the blitz this year. Now, some of these blitz numbers are a little iffy because a lot of these places will count blitzes as um, five-man rushes. So they haven't fully accounted for the fact that a lot of teams are playing five-man lines. If they bring all five, that counts as a blitz, even though it's not really a blitz. It's just you're bringing five guys that are on the line. That in mind, plays with the Blitz this year. Minnesota, number one with 300. Number two, a tie between New England and Pittsburgh with 186. <laughs> this, this is wild. There is oh a God. wider gap between the Vikings at one and the number two blitzing team than there is between the number two blitzing team and the number 32 blitzing team. There is a gap Whoa. of 114 between the Vikings and the Steelers Patriots. And there's a difference of 113 between the Pat Steelers and the Jets who are sitting in last. Holy they God. are bringing an ungodly amount of pressure. They're also unsurprisingly the top team in the league at, at uh, showing cover zero or running cover zero, which is no safeties man across the board, bringing heat. They run that 13.5% of the time, even when they're not doing that, they show that they're doing that. And then if you look at the, some of the coverage stuff on the back end, Again, it's junk ball stuff. They'll drop. They don't have the players to be good straight up. And so Flores is just just creating chaos at every opportunity. They're running a bunch of quarters. They're running a bunch of cover one, running a bunch of cover three. They're running a little bit of everything behind there, but they're blitzing a bunch and they're playing cover zero at the highest rate in the league right now. So they're going to bring heat. They're going to try to confuse you. Now, the good thing I looked up, Jordan Love. 10th best QB in the league against the Blitz. He's just behind Matt Stafford. He's been blitzed around 30% of the time, uh, adjusted completion percentage of 61.1%, about seven yards per attempt, uh, throwing at about 2.6 seconds. So he's getting the ball relatively quickly, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So 
that's kind of thing is how how do they approach how do the Packers approach this game because you've got this you've got this junk ball pitcher on on Flores just throwing a whole bunch of crap against the wall and see what works but you also know he's going to bring pressure so it's hard to plan for that like really what the Packers want to do I want to see God, I'm going to say this and then like it's just setting myself up for failure you need a good protection plan up front a good oh, solid protection plan up front with your five with your six with your seven on shots whatever you need to do good solid protection plan of everyone knows their assignments like solid menu quick game options everyone knows their hot reads for when the, when it looks like there's a blitz and what to do if they back out of that blitz and then you just run what you want to run besides that it's as I say it, it sounds real bad. You need a good protection plan, and you can make sure everyone's on the same page with good communication, Steve. That's what they need. They, they can't even run the right routes on non-blitz. Well, now, what I will say, this is like my one thing I'm hanging on to. In the first week, I think in the first or second week, uh, they had a corner blitz against them that Jaden Reed just did not recognize and then did not run hot. Love's looking for him hot. He's not there. He has to move off and do somewhere else. The next week, Dobbs ran like a hot and go. He saw it coming. He saw the hot, saw the replace of safety, and then ran past him and love hit him for a big gain. That was in that Saints game. So they have shown an ability to adjust against blitzes and that there is some recognition. So maybe maybe this is just an instance of, listen, if you do this, I wrote this on She Said TV this week. Right now, this team is just, the offense is like this meticulously crafted, beautifully designed offense that half the people don't know what they're doing in even time. So if you just roll out the ball and say, they're going to bring blitzes, make a play, maybe this is what gets them out there. So I would like to see them go a little more spread, spread them out. It's harder to bring some of those mix them up pressure looks if you're spreading those guys out. Love can kind of see what's coming. It's harder to uh, deceive uh, deceive on the defensive side as far as what you're bringing. So spread them out a little bit more and maybe, <laughs> maybe this is what they need is just a game where it's like they're bringing pressure. We don't have, we're not, we don't have to think through all this. We've got to think on the fly. Let's just, let's just make plays. So I'm trying to talk myself into this. It's hard, but it's, they're going, they're going to be bringing heat this game. And so the Packers just need to be ready for it. How, how do you really, really feel about this? Because, like, I know you're understanding you're trying to talk yourself into this. I am laughing while you're yeah. saying all of these things. I don't feel great. I don't feel great. I mean, I will say I don't feel great, but Love has come a long way from the Chiefs game where they blitzed him a whole lot. Like, he does – he knows where the answers are now, like, at the very least. Even if guys aren't there, he doesn't panic when there's blitzing in the way that, like, he was kind of melting down that Chiefs game. So – I I feel good about love being able to operate. I don't feel good about anyone else being where they're supposed to be. And if that happens in the first quarter and guys aren't where they're supposed to be, like then it could get ugly because then love doesn't trust where they're supposed to be, even if they're supposed to be there. So I don't feel great. I see I can see a path where they end up being pretty good against this. Uh, but I sure. I really have to squint. I feel like to talk my, to, to, to see that and talk myself into it. <laughs> I guess. Uh... I don't even know if this is something I'm looking for. This is more something I'm hoping for is four quarters of football, man. Like that's all, that's all I want. I want a full game, like high energy, you know, there's going to be mistakes. That's just the way this team is going to be this year. That's okay. If you make mistakes, but make them doing violent things like, Go full force, like go hit somebody. Like the amount of like whiffs that are coming from the offensive line, the you know the missed tackles, the uh, the amount of non missed tackles from the offense on the defense, like that. Those are the things that you want to see, and like you want to see desire from this team, and I just don't see it. I just don't see it right now. And like, again, I talked about it earlier. Like, I don't know. I don't know who that needs to come from. I really don't. I don't know if it's Jordan Love needs to fire up and like be a vocal leader. I don't know if it's Jair like coming back and, and screaming at people. If, if Rashawn Gary needs to be a, a vocal leader as opposed to just like the quiet freak show that he is. Like, I don't know where it comes from, but something's got to change. Like, this team has to find a voice and they just haven't yet. And like you said, 
offensively, it might take all year. Defensively, it might take all year. And these are the things we talked about early on of, you know, they beat the Bears and we were all excited. And we're like, oh, my God, they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, no, it's the Bears. Okay, got it, got it. Now now I understand. But I, I want to see, like, passion, desire, like, heart. I think it was um, – I saw a tweet. is like, what is this Packers team missing? And the thing that I search for, if you've ever seen uh, the movie The Replacements, mm-hmm. I've watched. It was on last week. I watched it last week. As a matter of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it was uh, well. Oh God, damn! Now I can't think of the name of the coach uh, in real life. Uh, he wears the the fedora. It's, uh, Hackman was it? Hackman in that one? Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah it was Gene Hackman. And it was is like, what is this team missing? And it's he said heart, miles and miles of heart. That's what he's missing. So to me, that's that's the thing I'm looking for. Like I want to see that desire from everybody, not just you know a few players, a few plays here and there. So if you take most of that, what you just said, you could slap on the back of a romance novel and make some bank right there. I want to see passion <laughs> and heart and miles and miles. <laughs> I might quit this damn podcast and be rich. There you go. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, so we asked for questions, and uh, shockingly, you guys had some questions. And some thoughts. Uh, some people had thoughts. Some, thought, some thoughts. You guys weren't happy with the Packers, <laughs> so uh, there were some questions. So, um, all right, let's get right into it. Um, <laughs> we'll start with the fun one. We'll start with the fun one. This is from Packer Backer. This one is for Dusty. You polite meats. <laughs> I can't even get through. You polite me politely told me to go f myself this summer. Yes, it was hilarious when I asked about Deguara. Is it time for someone like Kraft to eat his snaps, given the youth movement of the team? Thanks. Uh, by the way, I will have to back Dusty up on this. This was me. Mm-hmm. This was me. Like Dusty was like, I want to tell this guy to to go f himself. I was like, dude, I got you. I got you. And Dusty was not okay with it. I was like, nah, I got you. This this is my role. I will embrace it. Uh, so I'm a little upset with you, Packerbacker, that you did not remember the fact that I was the one who told you to go F yourself. But, Dusty, now you can talk about Josiah Duarte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love Crazy Bread, love, love, love Crazy Bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get Crazy Bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? 
In college, I personally dealt with an addiction that was tough to get over. And while my mind kept telling me to do the right things and I wanted to do the right things, it was always hard trying to make the right choices in real time. What I eventually found out was that therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back and how to work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has helped me with my past struggles and helped make me a better person today for my friends and my family. Therapy has helped me learn my trigger points, my destructive habits, and what positive steps to take to ensure that those negative behaviors turn into positive ones. If you're even thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be catered to your schedule and flexible to your individual needs. The best part is that BetterHelp is so easy to sign up for. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time time for no additional charge. Make your brain your best friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash packaday. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using Prize Picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, and to be clear, that was all in good fun. We did that because yeah. we thought it'd be very, very funny that it would get a laugh. Yeah, so we were happy about it. Um, I will say it is it is funny to me um, that we've got this team where it's like guys don't know their assignments and all that. And we're like, well, what if we got rid of Deguara, who generally knows what he's supposed to be doing, just sometimes he will miss some blocks, and replace him with Kraft, who will miss blocks but also doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. I don't think that makes the offense. I'm all in favor of youth movement, man, at this point. But you do need a functioning offense, and I think if you just sell, tell Tucker Kraft, who, and this isn't even just this isn't even just like Tucker Kraft doesn't know what he's doing. This is you're replacing Deguara who is playing inline tight end, splitting out wide and playing the fullback role. So this is, we've talked a bunch of times about how tight end is like one of the toughest uh, positions in the league to kind of come in as a rookie. Even if you go like, say what Musgrave did, Musgrave was a big wide receiver and you put him in line and then he's doing like the slice block. He's not doing a whole lot of like huge blocking stuff. He had a couple of blocking assignments, core blocking assignments for the most part, run down the field and do the ball. Now you're getting Tucker Craft, who is clearly swimming a bit. And not only are is it in line doing a little more uh, doing a little more tight end stuff, but then you're also putting him at the fullback role. We have to read the holes, and then you gotta you know lead the lead the running back. That feels like a recipe for disaster. So I will fully admit, as Decora's number one fan here, uh, he has he has certainly struggled. He has not been great. He at least knows what he's supposed to be doing and generally does his job, even if not particularly well. He'll whiff occasionally. He had a bad whiff this past week, uh, but I think if you take Kraft, who at this point knows less than Degora does and misses more than Degora does. I feel like then it's like, well, why is the offense struggling? Well, because Kraft is in for Degora. Like it's, it's a nut. You're putting another young guy. So you do need a baseline for it to, for this to function. And they're barely above that. Now they're below that baseline right now. This, that, that this doesn't make it any better. Next one we have is from Ferd Ferguson, which you you do a podcast. With yeah. Him, it's right? my, my watching stuff co-host. We're, we're, we're in the blade series right now. It's, it's, uh, okay. it's all. Uh, he has a non-football question, but he says, would you rather eat 100 ravioli filled with salt or one calzone filled with frosted mini meats? It's got to be the calzone, right? I the think ravioli so. with salt would kill me. That's just, that's, that's horrible. Like one, one would be bad. Oh, just a hundred. The, the thought of eating one. It's just, and I feel like, I feel like you can fill a calzone like, if you like layered the inside with like butter or 
something. You would also you could make it like die, a, you could make it, it like a better. dessert. Yeah. You could make it like a dessert, like some sort of like cream cheese filling or, or something along those lines, and you can make that like a dessert calzone. And you've got you know the the sweet from the shredded wheat, but yeah, a hundred a hundred raviolis filled with salt sounds just just horrible. No, yeah, I the, I I wouldn't survive ten raviolis filled with salt. I'd be like, this is this is awful. I can't do this. I think I've I think I'd, I'd stop at like two. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I can't imagine. Um, all right, next one we got from Grant. He wants to know: Are we ready to talk about how Reed has been the best player in the twenty twenty three draft? And it hasn't been close. So we talked about this a little bit beforehand. And uh, thank you for the question, Grandpa. We we actually respectfully disagree with you. That it actually has been close between a couple of the draft picks. You have to, you know, take a little bit into consideration where they were drafted. But Dusty, who is the, the couple that we were talking about? Yeah, I mean, looking at it, I think uh, I think the production's there. He's got right right now. Reed's got the second most receiving yards on a team behind Romeo Dobbs. Uh, so the the yards are there. Uh, I think other guys we want to throw in the conversation. I think Luke Musgrave, who has more catches, fewer yards because his targets have been closer to the line. But Musgrave, I think, has to be up there. Uh, I think Dontavian Wicks has not gotten the run that Reed has. He has not gotten as much time on the field. But Wicks, I think Wicks has looked better and more polished than Reed. I think Reed has done some really nice things, but, but Wicks has looked really good. Uh, and I got, who else? We, we say Carl Brooks is probably, uh, probably Carl Brooks. And then Anders Carlson. Anders Carlson. Yeah. Missed his first kick this past week. And we all knew that was coming, but was perfect up until that point after so much hand wringing in the off season. So yeah, I mean, you, I think there's a strong case that Reed is probably the best, uh, but I don't think it's running away. Like you've got some very strong contenders that are right there with them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think if you if you replaced them, and if Wicks got the uh, got the amount of snaps that Reed does, I think we're talking about Reed's. Uh, we, we might be talking about Wicks as the runaway runner there, winner there. Yeah. No, completely agree. Next up, we got uh, Jacob Morley. Green Bay needs to do the easier things better. What would, in your opinion, be a good menu of simplistic offensive formations this young group could major in? So, I mean, clearly this was for me, mm-hmm. but Dusty, I'm just going to let you, you know, handle. We actually got a, um, you can talk about this, but we got a couple, like one or two other questions that were talking about, like, what are good formations for the Packers, right? Yeah, we got one from is uh, Oliver Klausoff, which was, uh, if you were calling the plays for the Packers, what would be the base formation you would build the entire offense out of? So basically the same thing. This is interesting because I, I reached out to someone um, that I'm hoping to talk to this week about this this idea I'm kicking around as far as, I put this out that was like, I think the Packers should go more, more to like an air raid type of system, which is not to say pass all the time because the passing game hasn't been good, but as far as simplifying this a little bit and some of it taking it back to what love did. And so my answer for the formation, I'm going, I mean, not strictly, but I'm going more 11 personnel, uh, single back spread mix of shotgun and pistol. So you've got the, so you can still have, you've got Musgrave or Kraft or whoever DeGuara as your tight end, Aaron Jones as your running back. Uh, and then you've got your three wide receivers, however you want to mix and match those guys, uh, Watson, Dobbs, uh, Reed, let's say, for the sake of argument. And that's that's kind of your main look, 11 personnel, shotgun spread, more or less. Uh, you can motion in that. And and what I'm changing with this, what, there's certain things you can't get to when you do this. Even when if you're motioning some guys in, sometimes it makes it a little tougher. So a lot of the wide zone, some of the boot stuff you're not really running out of this unless there's a lot of motion. And really I'm trying to limit the amount of motion to shifts. I want, if I want motion, I want fast motion to get free releases and get guys open. I don't, I don't want a ton of formational shifts. I don't think in this case, because I want to keep this as simple as possible, but this will allow you to shift a tight end or wide receiver down. I would be shifting to a little more of the uh, kind of inside zone duo type run plays, the more at you vertical smash you in the face type run, which works well for them. Uh, we saw that with Dylan a couple weeks ago, they kind of did that a little bit more this past week as well. Uh, so this approach lends itself to there. It also does, if you want to do some of the outside stuff as well, instead of wide zone, some of the crack toss stuff that Jones has been good at. You can still do some of that stuff by inserting a wide receiver or tight end down, and then you can still get to most of your pass concepts. Again, a lot of the boot stuff, you're probably out, but you can do some moving pocket, 
off of some of the play action, if you're kind of running more vertically at you as opposed to side to side, you can be a little more aggressive with how you run, uh, with how you play play action, with a lot of that stuff. And also, if again, if you run this out of this, this is something that Jordan Love knows very well from his days in college, which I, at this point was a number of years ago. But this kind of living in shotgun spread 11 personnel world, I think you can pair the offense down. You can pair the offense down to do what you do well to get your to get your playmakers, your speed guys, uh, out there like in places where they can do some damage. And then more than anything, I mean that's that's the biggest thing. The reason I mentioned air raid at the beginning, the thing with air raid, you think it's a lot of passing, and it is. I mean that that's one of the main things. But but the big thing between the air raid system that I was going to talk to someone about is this the installation? It's it's making it simple. They want to get as many reps as possible on a handful of these concepts so you know them inside and them out, and then run them different ways. And that's what this team needs more than anything right now. They need reps. They need to be on the same page. And so if you're running this offense that has a thousand different moving pieces and these guys don't know what they're doing, it's not going to go well. I'm paring it down, 11 personnel, shotgun spread. You run pretty much everything out of that. And then you get a whole bunch of reps. You almost like tear the offense down to a certain extent. You see, okay, what do we do well? We're running that. We're repping that stuff. We're all on the same page Nothing. on these 10 concepts. And then after then we're building it out from there. But I think if it's me, that's I'm 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 looking at air raid. I'm doing quick air raid installation, getting a ton of reps, and that's that. I think that's what I'd be trying to run everything out of. Now, my only question: Does air raid get Aaron Jones more than eleven touches? Uh, if he's healthy, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, good, good. Then I'm fine with that. That, that works for me. <laughs> that works for me. All uh, right. Next question: We got totally not Renee. Uh, or Reen, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, R-E-N-E. I don't know. What is that? Is I always, that thought, it was, I always that... thought it was Renee. Renee, okay. Everyone knew this year was a redshirt evaluation year. What makes the recent uh, losses tough is how we're shooting ourselves in the foot and losing winnable games. In, 20, in 2008, we had five losses by three points or less, and with uh, and that was with a veteran roster. Now we're at three losses. The question is, why are we like this? Because <laughs> we're spoiled. I uh, can't get through it. Uh, I was trying. Because um, we're spoiled and can no longer be new and can no longer have nuanced conversations, right? Correct. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yes. Because as I said, everybody gets big mad after the after a loss and. <laughs> you, you do three losses in a row and people get pissed. They get really mad. And I, again, like I'm not sure. I don't know if it's that, that people lose sight of things that eh, conceptually they don't understand, but we all talked about this at the beginning of the season that I think you hope you hope for a, for a winning season, but we all understood like there was going to be a shit ton of growing pains. I think, I mean, I, I, my, my take on it, my thought, um, cause I mean, I'm, uh, when I'm watching the game, it's, I'm different when I'm looking at the game afterwards, but I'm sure. living in the game. Like, listen, I, I feel like all of these emotions, a certain point that I shut my emotions off and that I no longer feel things cause that's a healthy way to live. Um, but when I'm going through this, like I have the same thing, but it's, it's tough to take a step back. I've, I've, met, I've talked about this a bunch of times conceptually in the off season. It's one thing to say, there's going to be growing pains, throw the young guys out there, uh, know what you're getting yourself into. It's going to be ugly at times, but you hope those guys grow together. It's one thing as like a theoretical thought exercise. It's one thing to say that <laughs> when you're watching a game against the Broncos, when like guys are running into each other and they can't get a first down and there's no flow on offense, it's tougher to watch a game like that. And and mm-hmm. I think part of that too, if you, if you have some of the hope and you've seen some of what these guys can do, we've seen what Christian Watson can do. We know what Aaron Jones can do when he's healthy. Uh, we've seen the offensive line function well. Like you've seen that we saw what Dobbs did last year at times and what he was showing earlier this year. Like, we still feel like, and I still feel this way, that this team has talent. And so when you're watching the game, like, this sucks because the losing sucks. Like, that's just the yeah. way of it. Losing sucks. But it's one thing in the offseason to say, this is going to be ugly. And then another thing to be watching ugly games. Like those are two, <laughs> like that was, that was off season Dusty's problem. Like the one that was like, this is, this is going to be fine. Like living in the moment, Dusty, like this sucks, dude. Like it, it does. Like I, I totally get it, man. It's not fun to watch football. That's ugly. I, that's I future Marshall's problem. Yeah. Let that guy worry yeah, about and it. And now I'm future Dusty and it sucks. 
<laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, all right, we got a couple more. Um, Brian Hart said, another week, another disappointing performance. With so much blame to go around and the Vikings coming to town, what do you feel is this team's strength? Food question, start, sit, cut, little Debbie snacks. Whoo, boy. Oatmeal cream pies, cosmic brownies, and nutty bars. So, uh, Dusty, <laughs> outside of getting injured, what does this team do well? What is this team's strengths? Uh, high fastening pants. Um, I think, I mean, really, I do think offensive design is still very good. I think LaFleur, whatever you want to say about him, is a very good offensive designer, very good play caller. I think he's, uh, like you said, his adjustments are good, like his in-game adjustments. I think he's grown at that. I think it's a well-structured offense. I just think he doesn't have a team to run it right now, and that sucks. But I do think the offense as a whole, if you look at what they're trying to accomplish, if you look at what they're doing, if you look at some of the concepts, like it's it's a well-designed offense, and I appreciate looking at that every week. Uh, starts, which, yeah, that's the strength, but like they can't run it, so like, what does it matter? Uh, mm-hmm. Start, sit, cut. Yeah, this is, he's made, he, these are getting harder every week. The one that yeah. Sarah and I had last week was the hardest. I think this is tougher than that. Um, what was the, what, do you remember what it was? Uh, it was, I, I was um, uh, potato chips, uh, Cheetos, Doritos. Ooh. Yeah. No, that's the like same. just straight like Lay's potato chips. I, t- I took it whatever like direction. So original OG potato. I chip? went with um like the kettle cooked like original chips. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's hard. That's so, difficult. Yep. I know. Yep. I know, and I feel like this one's tougher. I'm I glad will, I took last week off. I. Will, <laughs> yeah, and that's why Sarah's taking this week. She saw this question and called in sick miraculously. Oh, crazy how that happened. She's like, Brian, you son of a bitch. I can't do this again. I can't make this decision. It's too hard. Um, I'm going to go start Nutty Bars. Uh, I used to work in a grocery store, and that was my go-to snack when I worked in a grocery store was Nutty Bars. So it's a very special place in my heart. Nutty Bars. Sit. Oh, God, this was tough. I'm going to go oatmeal cream pies. Um, I love me an oatmeal cream pie. It's it break my heart and break my wife's heart because it's her favorite snack is the cosmic brownies. But I never quite grew to love those like the other ones. Um, so yeah, that's that's a tough one. But I'll go gutting nutty bars, start, sit oatmeal cream pies, uh, cut cosmic brownies. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't honestly, I don't know what this team's strength is. Uh, it it sounds horrible to say, but like, I don't, I really don't. Every every week is different. Like. We all went into the season be like, ah, oh, the offensive line is going to be amazing. It's going to be the strength of this team. And <laughs> what the hell happened? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know they lost Bakhtiari. Yep, huge blow. But they all, everybody was like, you know, Rasheed Walker is going to be amazing. He's he's the next guy. He's going to step right in, not have a not going to have an issue. Um, and so I I don't know what this team does well. Um I think that's the that's the whole point of the fact that they're a, a super young team and the youngest in the NFL, and that they're still trying to figure that out. So it's gonna take time. It's gonna take a lot of time. This year is gonna have a lot. It's it's like this this season is mashed potatoes and it is full of lumps. That is my uh, my <laughs> oh my, my mashed potatoes. <laughs> I, okay, I understand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a full um, and Dusty actually. I completely agree with you. Look at uh, that. as far as your your little debbies, um, the the number one is the the nutty bars or nutty buddies, whatever they're called, like peanut butter, chocolate wafers, like that's that's elite. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. just elite. Um, number two, yep, oatmeal cream pie, like they're they're great, not as good as the nutty buddy. And then number three is going to be the cosmic brownie. Like my kid, my kids love them. I don't. I really don't like. Um, it's just there's too much like they're compressed chocolate. Regular brownies like, are so easy to make, and yeah, it's like a it's like a brick. It's like someone yeah. took a brownie and then smashed it down with their hand and put it in a box. Yeah, it's like good. Four, it's, it's like not. four pans of brownies just shoved together, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put little M and M's on top. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it." <laughs> this way, they can sit on the shelf for like a year, and nobody will know. Nobody will know. I'll tell you, this has nothing to do with that. My daughter had a Twinkie for the first time in her life this past week, and the look in her eyes, she goes, "These are amazing." It's like I know. <laughs> Uh, I will, since we're doing all of these things and not talking about football, I do have to tell you a life hack that I just figured out is Uncrustables. I don't know if your kids like those. Mm -mm. They will not eat them. No. No. Okay. Well, for all the parents that are listening, take an Uncrustable, 
put it in a toaster. I have oh I, I have played that game God. before. I have it makes it way better. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Um all right. We do have one more question, Dusty. Do you <laughs> have go. the slide do you have the slide whistle ready? Because I've I've got my I'm not yeah, I've got my notes ready. I'm making a note of the timestamp, Steve. I'm not I'm not ready for this. Like Let's do I, it. All right. This one came in from John Plotter. How long would it take? of love playing like he has, would it take for you to see clip for you to see what Clifford can do? <laughs> Seriously. What the f- man? Are, are we really doing this after six games? Six games. I get it. He's not a rookie. I understand that. Yes, you're right. Do you really want to see Sean Clifford throw 17 interceptions in one game? Some people do. Yes. He's yeah. Yeah. He's Aaron or he's Brett Favre reincarnated, whatever he's going to, he's a gunslinger. Yeah. He's going to throw like so many interceptions, so many interceptions. Mm -hmm. I just, you even said it before we started. People went from why the hell did the Packers <laughs> draft him in the fifth round? He was supposed to be undrafted. That's where he yeah. was. That's where his status was. And now, after six games of, oh, he's probably better than Jordan Love. No, 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 no. This is just, John, I know you've asked multiple questions, and I'm not trying to be mean to you. Um, please believe me. If if you think that you can DM me, I swear I'm not trying to be mean to you, but my God, no, just no. I'll smooth this over a bit. Here's my <laughs> my response: is that part of me understands it, and there's a couple of reasons for it. Part of it is the uh, what is it? The the backup quarterback is always the most popular player. I remember years ago in Chicago, it was when Rex Grossman was there. And everyone, like he was having, I think it was the year after the Super Bowl year or the year before or something terrible. He's having a terrible year. Terrible. Everyone wanted, it was uh, Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy was the back of the time. People are chanting for Brian Greasy. Greasy comes in at, after the half of one game, people are in the stands are cheering Greasy. Gre-. He throws a pick on his first play, his first snap. Like the backup quarterback is the most popular player until you have to put him in there. So like there's that. Sure. The other part of it is Clifford had some moments in the preseason that were legitimately like, I'm going to against like the sixth I'm going to stand awesome. back and rip it. And so I think in people's minds, it's like, I want a guy who's going to stand back there and rip it. To your point, Steve, like I think 17 interceptions a game, like is that's a bit much. Five is well within reach. Like five is absolutely on the table. Nine, 14. He's going to throw three in the first half of a game, like without a doubt, without a doubt. So part of me gets it. And the other part of me is like, you want Sean Clifford until you see Sean Clifford. I had, it was, um, I think it was a father son Packer podcast. The comp they put on him was like Taylor Heineke. where like, he could, the way he plays, he could win you a game. Sean Clifford come in and win you a game because he's going to sling that ball recklessly. He's also going to lose you a bunch of games because he slings the ball recklessly. So I think yeah. you want yeah. him. He'll win him. one and lose seven. Correct. Yeah, I think that's that would be the experience. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, at, le- at least a full year. We talked about this before, and this is well known, but let's repeat it. He's older than Jordan Love. He's older than Jordan Love and was, mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds, undraftable last year, yeah. older than Jordan Love. It would not end well. <laughs> and people were shocked that the Packers took him in the mad. fifth round. They were even shocked. They were, shocked. They were mad about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, clearly <laughs> he's the answer. He's the answer. So, uh, but, you know, you got to see what you got in, in QB2 for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But. All right, my dude. That's uh, that's gonna do it for us. We got through all all most of the questions. We'll try to answer a couple offline if if possible. But um, let's let's end it with some closing thoughts. Tell us what you got as far as videos, podcasts. You're like the busiest man in the Packers world outside of Andy Herman. So stuff. Tell us what you got. I got lots of stuff. Yeah. So we got um, Packer report this week. I wrote about a delayed drive concept uh, that the Packers ran. It ended up going. It was a QB scramble, but it was a really cool look. Something I really hope they bring back. Kind of using Watson's speed and then attacking the middle behind him in a couple different ways, which is really fun. So that's up on Packer report now. 
Um, I may or may not have gotten off base with that one a little bit and talked about a lot of non-football things. So, you know, if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, at She Said TV today, I've got Passing Chronicles. So I'm looking at the passing game, kind of talking about the numbers, what went right, what went wrong, and then looking at a couple plays, digging in. There's a Hank Wheel concept that I really, really liked, and that was one that um, – just another one of those. It was there. It was beautifully drawn up. It was played off something that uh, the Packers run a bunch of. And then one guy simply did not run, do what exactly we were supposed to do. It didn't spring him open and ended up being incomplete. So that was a fun concept. And then the other one was the ricochet touchdown off the RPO. Uh, so I wrote about that one for Cheesehead. And then I've also got uh, yesterday uh, over at Cheesehead TV's YouTube, I've got the uh, Packers playbook I do with John Kuhn. We talked about uh, three four plays, four plays and kind of highlighted the impact of just Aaron Jones on the field. Three were, there was a, I think a run, a run, two catches. And then that RPO again, we talked about just his, his impact and and just what he can do on the field a little bit. So that was really fun breaking that down. I've got some other stuff, some other videos running around. Again, I'm hoping to have at some point this week talking to um, Chrissy Freud, who does a bunch of college football stuff and she is uh, air raid certified. So I want to talk to her about some of the air raid stuff we talked about earlier. So I, don't know. I'm still trying to line that up. So I don't know when slash if that's seeing the light of day, if that's going to be this week or not. Um, but I'm hoping that'll be out uh, at some point after we have that conversation. So quite a few things done and kind of still still coming on the pipe a little bit. So even even when kind of a bad week, it's it was a fun week to look at. It's a fun week to look at and talk about, I think. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, all I will say is that we we have missed Sarah quite a bit, and I don't think we've made fun of each other quite mm-hmm. as much. So I'm just going to tell you that you're stupid, and I hate you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I again, I think it's one of those things that we always talk about. Just how much we appreciate the fact that you guys are listening. Like this is an amazing thing that um, you know, even when the Packers are not doing well. It's really cool the fact that we have so much interaction and the fans like you guys care so much like as much as we do about the Packers and so it's while it's a struggle, it's so much fun to just to sit here and talk Packers for an hour at night and just you know that you guys are listening and want to hear the things that we want to say. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Dusty Evely at Sarah Keller four at C Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about a Packers victory. Um, unless we're full on in the tanking for Caleb Williams. I don't know. We weren't one of the, the Packers were one of the, the five teams that he wants to play for. So, you know, interesting, interesting things. But um, we, we shall see. We shall see. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. And as always, go Pack Go. fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the lifelock million dollar protection package change the game on identity theft save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware